the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. It's not my responsibility to make you happy in Jesus. It's your responsibility to get yourself turned on to spiritual things. This is the day the Lord has made. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. Today's message is entitled, Looking to Jesus. Friend, look to the Lord Jesus with your heart, with your spiritual eyes. See the blessing that He has for you. He has great things in store. Look to Him and let Him bless you with the blessing He has prepared for you. Yes, He has prepared something. It's already prepared. Look to Him and He will grant it. He will bestow it and you will be greatly blessed. Let's go into the sanctuary and hear the message and learn how, step by step, to look to Jesus and receive His blessing. I want to tell you about, I think, this is the cheapest, tightest, uh, most frugal man in all the world. I want to tell you about him. And I think maybe you'll agree with me. His son needed eyeglasses to correct his son's vision, so he took him to the optometrist. And the optometrist fitted him up with a pair of eyeglasses so he could see and see the the, the blackboard, the whiteboard, the green board in the classroom. And uh, just as the optometrist was ready to put the, the glasses on the little boy, the dad said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, give them to me. Don't put them on him, give them to me. And the optometrist said, okay. So the man took them, put them in his pocket, went home, handed them to his wife and said, now, if Johnny wants to see something, give him the glasses. He thought maybe less use would last longer. Only give him the glasses when he wants to look at something. Today, I pray that our eyes will be anointed with the salve of the Holy Spirit, with sanctified contemplation, with faith believing, and we will see Jesus in our lives, in our situation Sometimes we get into a situation and we just think God has taken a powder or he's standing over in the corner with his hands in his pocket and we're having this very difficult time. But today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe we're going to see Jesus. I prayed to this end. I'm praying now to this end that our spiritual eyes would be opened and we would see Jesus. Now, 
the scripture in, in John 1, 29. Would you put that on the screen? And I want us to read it in unison. And then I'm going to go back and draw attention to the words that are underlined. But don't look at the underline now. Just read the scripture in unison. Together. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right, now go back to the top. The next day. Now, this was the very day after Jesus returned from the wilderness where he had been fasting for 40 days and the devil came with three major temptations. The first one being, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Three temptations and in every temptation, Jesus defeated the enemy, not with any supernatural power that he displayed, only using the word of God. Anybody here can use the word of God and defeat the enemy and the situation that he is presenting to you by taking that red pew Bible out of the back of the pew or the Bible you have at home, you can defeat the enemy. We talked about using the scripture, writing it on a three by five index card, putting it in your pocket, just one or two scriptures or in your purse or, or putting it on the dashboard of your car. And when the enemy comes with temptation, and he does indeed come to all of us, read that scripture or quote it at that time, and you're going to need to do it repeatedly over and over. You're going to need to do what the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. And sometimes the battle goes on for days and weeks and months, but you'll win because you have the word of God. Now, the next day, the day after Jesus had that experience in the wilderness. John saw him coming and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, I don't know whether Jesus was walking toward John to say something to him, to have a conversation with him. I'm not sure. But he saw him coming. Now, if you drop down to verse 35, it says again, the next day John was there again. That means the second day they were out together and John may have seen him out on the street somewhere and said again, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, particularly, I want you to look at the next word that is underlined, the word look. You've got to look in order to see, right? And in church, when we're singing a hymn, or the choir is singing, or the sermon is being preached, we can't just sit there and think, well... I hope something turns me on today. <laughs> Chances are nothing's going to turn you on, and this is going to be a very boring service. But if you're looking for a blessing, you're going to get a blessing. All it takes is to look to Jesus. And when I hear his name in a song or a sermon, I just don't sit there and think, oh, I've heard that name so many, many times. But when I begin to look with my thoughts and I think, Jesus, meaning Savior, Jesus, my Redeemer, somebody said, somebody sang, and I heard the name Jesus. Friend, when you begin to think that way, you're going to be turned on by the Holy Spirit, and this is going to be the greatest church service you've ever attended in your life. Nobody can turn you on but you. We are always looking for somebody else. Not always, sometimes to make us feel spiritual, to make us feel happy in Jesus. 
to fix things for us. Friend, you're the answer to your own situation and to your own challenge. So look to the Lord Jesus. John is saying, look. He's not telling Jesus to look. He's telling the people around him, you look. You came to church to look, so look. And here, be blessed, be forgiven, be saved. Go home rejoicing. It's your day. Look. He's telling you to look. Look to Jesus. Look and see. What do you want to see today? John says, look, the Lamb of God who saves, who heals, who blesses, who restores, who makes life beautiful and more wonderful than you ever dreamed possible. But you've got to look. Who's got to look? You do. You do. I can't look for you. Neither can I taste food. Someone said, oh, that tastes so good. Somebody else will taste it and say, oh, it's too hot, too spicy. There are certain things that only you can do that nobody else can do for you. Look. Only through your eyes, through your understanding, through your faith, will you see what God will want you to see. But you've got to stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. And here he is right in front of us to behold him, to see him. And he comes with healing, with blessing, with goodness when we see him. Look, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. He's the one that God gave, the one that God provided. And remember this, God also named him Jesus. And how we can just hear a hymn or, and hear the name Jesus, and it just, I heard it before. It's sort of gotten a little old now. But it's a name that came from heaven to earth. A name came from glory to your helping and to your salvation. You see, Abraham in Genesis 22 took his son Isaac by the direction of the Holy Spirit to offer him as a sacrifice. And the young boy said, listen, young boys can know what it is to be saved, to know the sacrifice of Jesus. They can know it. They can know it. Sometimes we think, This is over the young people's head. Friend, don't make the young people stupid. They're intelligent. They know. They can feel the same Holy Spirit that comes to you. To all people, even little children, Jesus said, let them come to me. I can teach a Sunday school class like Bill Gray for 40 years, two-year-olds. The young boy said to his dad, you know, we need some spiritual dads that talk faith. And, and, and not just side in with, with the, the negative that is being heard. But the dad said, the young boy said, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where's the lamb? And dad said, God's going to provide a lamb. God will provide the lamb. And when they got to the place, Mount Moriah, where the sacrifice was to take place, there was the sacrifice caught. And the name of the place now is called Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Friend, again, I'm going to repeat myself. If you're looking for it, God will provide it. And the provider is Jesus. The provider is Jesus. Can everybody say Jesus? Jesus. 
Say it again, Jesus. The name that is above every name. And yet it means so little to so many of God's people. There was a missionary. I don't know that I can pronounce his first name. But his last name was Judson. Who came back from Burma in 1812. Corinne and I were in Burma. It's now sometimes referred to as Myanmar. A number of years ago when I was teaching at the seminary in the Orient, we had a, an extension class in Burma. And I remember going there and teaching those young pastors. For two weeks, the, uh, the nation of Burma is 89% Buddhist. Now, in order to become a soldier in the, in the Burma army, you have to be a Buddhist. Uh, or to get a job in the government, you must be a Buddhist. But only 6% of Burma is Christian. And how many of those are really the born-again Christian? I don't know. But we had a great time. And, and we went to a Buddhist place of worship. One of the missionaries took us there. And I've never seen anything like it before. It was almost how many acres Everything was gold, glittering with gold. And worshipers everywhere. Would to God that Christian worshipers would be in their place of worship. And we walked through almost in awe looking at these temples and the glittery gold. And, and the people had, had given so much. And then we had a guide that was taking us through. And there was a, a long plank like a big club, and it was on, suspended on two wires or ropes from the ceiling. And you would take it, and there was like a big drum, and you would swing it, and it would hit that drum, and it would go boom, boom. And they asked me, the Buddhist guide, said, would you like to take that and swing it and hit that drum? Go ahead, take it, take it, swing it. No, it was the call to worship Buddha. I worship but one. His name is Jesus. He turns me on spiritually when I hear that name, that holy name. Yet I go out on the street or somewhere and I hear them calling his name in vain, using it as a curse word. How low has our world stooped? And yet Jesus has come today to bring blessing and help. We will return for the conclusion of today's message following this important update on how you can make a difference in lives across the world by supporting the Healing Word Ministry. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. Look what it says. He is the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 2, 2. Propitiation. Isn't that a word? <laughs> I never, I never use that word only once in a while when I preach. Propitiation. Propitiation means, when it says he is the propitiation for our sin, it means 
He is the one that have, has appeased God's wrath. Friend, don't you know that God is angry at sin? That God is going to judge sin, whether it's in me, you, or whoever it's in? We need to hear it. Our young people need to hear it. Parents need to hear it. We all need to know that Jesus is the propitiation. He has appeased the wrath of God. But that's not exciting. I don't want to hear things like that. But he has. He's turned the wrath of God into the favor of God. You see, today the world is looking. Listen to me. The world and even churches are looking for a bloodless Christianity. A Christianity without blood. A Christianity that teaches good morals, teaches us to respect one another and treat our neighbor as ourself, talks about racism and how to overcome it, but never telling us how to overcome it through the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. No remission of sins. None. Where are the Christians coming to the table of the Lord? Worshiping God, saving the Lord. I went to a church for years where we took communion every Sunday morning. But little did I know what it meant. I went through a rote ceremony. But oh, thank God the day came. When did it come? Somewhere between 12 and 14. Just as I was entering in to that youthful stage in life. Oh, yes, I had the intelligence. I was smart enough to hear and understand. And believe me, I was intelligent enough by the grace of God to say yes to Jesus. And I went to that altar and I knelt and I prayed and I cried. And the pastor came. It was just a little tiny church. Knelt beside me. It was my grandmother's church. And what a change came in my life. That was so many, many years ago. And I've been a new person in Christ. Oh, I've had troubles. I've failed. I've slipped. But I've had a Savior that is the propitiation. (laughs) He's taken away the wrath of God and given to me the favor of God over and over and over again. I wonder what my life would have been like if I didn't turn to him at that young age and turn to the Lord. But I did, by the grace of God. He takes away sin, the sin of the world. You see the last line, the sin of the world. All people. You see, God's no respecter of persons. I'm not here and this church does not exist to lift up a certain nationality, a certain race. This is a church without walls. We are the body of Christ. We are one in him. There's neither male nor female, bond nor free. We belong to Jesus. We are to love one another. We are the family of God. We sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Are you more concerned about being part of the family of God than being of a particular race? What is most important to you and me today? It's Jesus. And he loves everybody equally. And we're not to lift up ourselves, our nationality, our race. We are to lift him up. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This church is seeking with all of its heart to see Jesus. And Jesus alone. He's the salvation of our soul. Paul the Apostle said, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning I'm not going to talk about anything else but the cross.
I'm not going to lift up anything else but the cross. I'm not going to lift up anything that separates people from people. It's the cross, the cross. The one who went to the cross died on the cross. Friend, are we Bible Christians? Are we a Bible church? Then we have to stand for what the Holy Spirit has us standing for, and that's Jesus. Many years ago, a young woman by the name of Charlotte Elliott wrote a great hymn called Just As I Am. Just As I Am. Charlotte, at the age 30, was stricken with a terrible disease that left her bed fast for 50 years, the next 50 years. 50 years! She became so bitter, so outraged. Her life turned ugly, and she was a very attractive girl up until the age 30. Everybody loved her. She was the life of every party. Everybody wanted her, whatever gathering. They wanted Charlotte there. But now Charlotte couldn't go anywhere. She was bedfast. And she remembered the good days, what she thought and called the good days. But now bedfast for 50 years? 5-0? 50 years? And uh, a minister decided he would go by her house make an appointment, go by, and try to talk to her and help her. Her life was lost. Her life was ruined. And she was so bitter. And he talked to her. And she, she railed on that minister. She said, you tell me God loves me. If God loves me, why did he do this to me? Yeah, go ahead and tell me about the love of God. And now look at me. Look at me. But he kept talking. He didn't give up. He had prayed earnestly before going to that house. And after a while, she began to soften. And she said, okay, pastor, you tell me what the cure is. And do you know what he told her? Basically what I told you this morning. There's a Savior who is the propitiation of our sins, who turns the wrath of God into God's favor. And then she, after he went on and talked for a while, he said, she asked him, she said, well, he he mentioned to her, he said that God will accept you just as you are. He He will take it all away and take it out of your heart. There's nothing more miserable than an angry, unforgiving person. They're miserable from morning. They're miserable when they go to work. They're miserable when they come home because unforgiveness has conquered their lives. And Jesus is the one that takes it all away. Notice it said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then Charlotte asked the minister, she said, well, what can I do? And she said this to him, shall I come to the Lord? Here it is, just as I am. And he said, yes, just as you are. Stop trying to figure it out. And friend, stop trying to make everything right. Get on your knees and say, Lord, I don't understand this about my marriage, about myself, why I think the thoughts I think about my church. There's a lot of things you don't understand and I don't. But I know that he understands me. He understands you. He forgives our sins and takes our sins away. Seeing Jesus. I hope you've seen Jesus today. And I hope you see him when you come 
and take the wafer that you'll see his body broken. Take the the fruit of the vine, you'll see his blood. That you'll see something today. You'll see him differently than maybe you've seen him before. We hope you've been blessed by today's message, Seeing Jesus. Make sure to listen to the next message in the series titled, What is the Attraction? But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. I enjoy bringing the healing word of God to you Monday through Friday. I thank God for the privilege and I thank you for listening. But friend, I need your help. I need your prayers and financial support. I can't say it strongly enough or plainly enough. Will you help me please? I want to keep this ministry moving forward, but I need your help in order to do so. If the healing word is bringing healing to you emotionally, spiritually, and physically, write and tell me about it. I will be so encouraged. Your testimony, your prayers, and your financial gifts is all I need to keep me going. I will truly thank you. To support this ministry electronically, go to the website, thehealingwordministries.org, and click on the Donations tab. You'll also find the address and phone number on the website if you prefer to donate by mail or would like to call for more information. 